What's up, family? You are tuned into Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. From KPFA Radio and the Pacifica Network, I'm your host, Kat Brooks. The Black Panther Party Oakland Community School is turning 50 this Saturday. There's an event to celebrate. We're joined this morning by Gregory Lewis, a former student and alumni of the Oakland Community School. Good morning, Mr. Lewis. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm doing well. Not too bad for a rainy day in Oakland. Um, right on. Um, and I just got word happily that we are also joined by Sister Frederica Newton, co-founder of the Dr. P. Huey Newton Foundation, former Black Panther Party member and the widow of Dr. Minister Huey P. Newton. Good morning, Frederica. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. Oh, it's good to hear your voice. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show. Greg, I'm going to start with you. Can you please talk about the formation of the Oakland Community School? What was it built in response to? Uh, well, the school was built as a as a part of the 10 point program. Uh, one of the aims of the program was to educate uh, those in our community who had been failed by the uh, traditional public educational system in, in the United States. So uh, that was obviously the aim at the beginning. But my piece in it is that I was one of the first students. So uh, I didn't learn about this backdrop until much later. But for me, it was the foundation of my education. That's where I that's where I grew. That's where I, uh, my first school and from 1970 to 1979, uh, I, from its inception as a, as a, as sort of an after-school daycare program into a full-fledged school with a history, math, uh, music, arts. Um, that was the genesis of my educational journey. Gregory, I mean, I, I, I have trouble sometimes recalling my childhood, but can you walk us through maybe what a day was like inside of the Oakland Community School? Yeah, yeah, it, it still is really vivid to me because it was so different from what happened after the Oakland Community School. Uh, but our days, those of our, us who were children of, of Panther members, our days started in a collective dorm that we all shared um, in, uh, in North Oakland and, and parts of East Oakland. And we would take a school bus to school daily, uh, and uh, the bus would lead us into our our playground, or as I as I call it, our sanctuary, uh, which was uh, the location on 64th and East 14th. And the day started. I mean, it was a our day started with an exercise. You know, we we uh, all of the collective kids, those of us who were children of Panther members, and also st other students who were not in the dorms with us, but who also came to the school uh, through their parents. Uh, we would all meet on the playground and start the day with, you know, 25 jumping jacks, which is my favorite way to start the day to this day, um, but with uh, with exercise. <laughs> and uh, after exercise, we would uh, all have breakfast. You know, we'd go into the cafeteria. The school had a cafeteria. Uh, Everyone was fed. It could be the morning started out with uh, it could be oatmeal, it could be you know eggs, it could be toast. But we were all fed after exercise, and that's how we began pretty much every day for nine years. Um, and then we went to our classes. You know, this was not it, it was technically an elementary school, I suppose it would be called today, but we actually had five different teachers for subjects, which makes so much sense. You know. We had a Spanish teacher at that age. We had a music teacher, um, Brother James Mott. We had history teacher, Amar Casey. And we went, to, we went to our classes just as normal kids do. 
But uh, some of the twists was, you know, we knew the map of Af Africa as well as we knew the map of the United States of America. Um, so we were taught it was a fully rounded education that embraced our African roots and also placed us how we are in America in, after that 400-year journey to where we are today. Um, so it was really a combination of traditional education and then revolutionary education, which a lot of times came back to us having a self-identity of our self-worth. We are powerful. We all had a voice if we wanted to exercise it. And if you didn't want to exercise it, then you could also be silent and listen. Um, so it was mm. the foundation. That was the foundation. Gregory mentioned, you know, being fed in the morning, the, the free breakfast program of the many Black Panther Party survival programs. Frederica, can you talk about the importance of this program locally and nationally and how we still see the impacts of its legacy today? Absolutely. Um, the Black Panther Party filled the needs of the community that the government was not doing, the basic human needs um, that people have a right to that kids have a right to be fed in the morning. Um, before they went to school, we knew that kids couldn't learn if they were hungry, if they were going to school on an empty stomach. So this was just one of the 65 survival programs that the Black Panther Party provided for the community. And it was um, later institutionalized in schools nationwide that, um, that some of these um, foundational programs that the party created uh, became became that the government should have been taken care of were, were now part of what every child can benefit from today. You know, when we mentioned the Breakfast for Children program, J. Edgar Hoover um, announced that the Black Panther Party was the single biggest threat to the internal security of the United States, and it was from feeding children. Because we knew that, he knew that, um, that the if we were to to meet the meet the community's basic needs that the community would would love us and so and that's exactly what happened so it um it wasn't the guns that were the biggest threat it was feeding hungry children that became the biggest threat and um that's those are just, again that was just one of the 65 survival programs that the party provided for the community it spanned from accompanying seniors to getting their checks cashed to uh, prisoners, families being able to providing transportation for prisoners' families to be able to um, unite with their loved ones who were incarcerated and um, ambulance programs in North Carolina because black people were dying because the ambulance wouldn't come in their community. So two women created an ambulance program, two members of the Black Panther Party created ambulance programs, free food, testing people for sickle cell anemia because um, people were dying. There was no research. There was not even acknowledgement that sickle cell anemia was killing black people and lead poisoning and on and on and on. So yeah, this was one of the first survival programs that the Black Panther Party created. And it was just providing the basic needs that the government was not providing for the community. And we're going to go next, maybe redundant, but um, I'm going to go there anyway, because I, th I think it's so critical because people talk about the, the Black Panther Party, you know, in, in the past, but we feel 
the legacy of the party here, and you do a lot of work to uplift and take care of that legacy. The The Panther School closed in 1981, but then several years later, the Oakland Unified School District picked up this idea of community schools and addressing the whole child. Um, now, I, I moved to Oakland to do organizing work inside of OUSD, and there are some pockets of success, but largely our black children are still being failed by our education system. So um, I, this is a continuation for, for you, Sister Frederica. The, Again, there's so many remnants of so many party programs here in Oakland and across the country. What other ways do we currently feel the power of the work that the Panthers did? And, and you can also maybe talk a little bit about your efforts at the Huey P. Newton Center. Sure. And one of the things that, well, I think the, the main focus of the Dr. Huey P. Newton Foundation is to promote and preserve the legacy of the Black Panther Party. So uh, just as you mentioned, um, these many survival programs that are are continue to be lacking and some that are continuing to um, exist are not known. The, the fact that they emanated from the Black Panther Party is not known. And what we wanted to do is make sure that that history is known, not just known, but available to the community. So we established the Dr. Huey P. Newton Foundation with that mission to preserve and promote the legacy of the Black Panther Party 28 years ago. And in those 28 years, we've just now been able to secure a brick and mortar space here in Oakland, um, largely with the support of our city council person, Carol Fife, I would have to say primarily with the support of um, Councilwoman Fife. And it's right in prominently located in downtown Oakland on Broadway and 14th, which is historically significant to the Black Panther Party as well. Papers were sold right there on that corner of 14th and Broadway. So, um, mm. and so the um, the Black the Dr. Huey P. Newton Foundation has created this Dr. Huey P. Newton Center for Research and Action, which is now being reopened as the Black Panther Party Museum with our first permanent, well, our first exhibition being the Oakland Community School. And uh, that will be open on February, I mean, January 13th, our, our first exhibition. And the way that this exhibition came about was Donald Cunningham, who was a Black Panther Party photographer, had 4,000 negatives that had never been seen before. And um, Elizabeth Tellison, who was mm -hmm. Erica Huggins' partner, contacted us. And, and an um, amazing Black archivist. I'm so glad you listed up her name. <laughs> she's amazing. An amazing yes. Black archivist. She's, I, I, our lives have intersected in so many ways around this Black Panther Party history. That's a story in itself. Um, so, mm -hmm. so, yeah. So this is, we're excited to have this exhibition premiering on the on on the 13th, I can't believe. So there's going to be there a Black Panther Party Museum here, right here in Oakland. Black Panther Party Museum, the first exhibition about the uh, Black Panther Party Oakland Community School that is this Saturday, January 13th at the Huey P. Newton Center. Give the address one more time and we'll sure. do it again before I let you go. Yeah. Yep, it's um, 1427 Broadway, uh, Oakland, right at um, 14th Street, and the name of the exhibition is Each One, Teach One, and Gregory might be able to talk a little bit about what that meant to students. That's who I'm going to throw it to next. What does Each One, Teach One 
Gregory, and if you can also um, incorporate into your response this idea of addressing the whole child. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a you know it's a very deep um, it's a very deep piece for me because as an adult I see clearly you know everything that was a part of my education that was the each one teach one philosophy was that we could teach each other as students in the school as well as the parents and the teachers could. And there was a full rounded, um, it was just a full rounded scope of education that essentially gave us power and gave us a voice uh, and an identity within the classroom that also included our community, which was not only just the students that we went to school with, but a knowledge of the greater community around us. And, you know, at that time was, um, as as Sister uh, Frederick alluded to, uh, we were a, a city on the verge of just a complete, um, uh, uh, just a chaotic implosion from uh, police brutality throughout our community to white flight from where my parents grew up in East Oakland, which was a predominantly white neighborhood prior to World War II and, and dramatically changed. And uh, the services, you know, we didn't have grocery stores. We only had one grocery store with rancid meat in it. You know, there were all of these situations that I witnessed growing up that the Black Panther Party and the Oakland Community School helped, I I guess I would say, shelter me a little bit from from the ills uh, within society and within the community. And in our classrooms, we really just uh, shared this hope and this idea that we were so much greater than what America wanted us to be, right? We could be lawyers, we could be doctors, we could be athletes, we could be teachers, we could be educators. Uh, My mother was my first teacher and she taught at the Panther School. So there was a seamless, there was a really seamless uh, between home life and school life, it was all connected through community. And um, it, it, it just, you know, it really is the foundation that birthed me. And uh, when I do look back at how chaotic the streets of Oakland were at that time in a, in a city under siege, the Panthers essentially provided a sanctuary and um, a, 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 a place of growth for, for, for children from East Oakland and we'll say impoverished or, or children under the margins that the, the the country was not willing to do. And so um, it just, you know, for I'll give one example. In our music class uh, taught by uh, Brother James Mott, Satira Med, we, you know, I played the trumpet. And sometimes we could sit down and listen to sheet music. Other times he would say, just pick up your instruments and play. There's no such thing as a bad note. And so we would play and to someone else, they might come in and it sounds awful. But to us, we were safe. You know, we were able to explore. We were able to go outside of the box. And this contrasts so much that this is why I reflect on it is when I got to regular public school, if you will, I went from, uh, you know, I went into a predominantly, let's just say non-Black environment in junior high school and high school. And the first thing that happened in junior high school, I went from first in the trumpet chair to last to to (laughs) woodshop. I did that trajectory because there wasn't that there wasn't that feeling that these teachers were there to teach us that these teachers were not there to share with us as well because we had a voice as well um so this there was a real stark contrast from that 
that wonderful foundation to the realities of of um, regular school, where I ended up loving music, loving playing music, to leaving my trumpet in my closet for 25 years until I picked up a guitar 25 years later. Um, and and that was the beauty of the school, and that was the beauty of of the the, the Panthers' mission, as, as Frederick mentioned, mentioned one of the many social programs. And uh, I will also add that we students were also involved in food drives. We were involved in clothing donations. We were involved in the healthcare initiative, the sickle cell anemia um, issues within our community. We were all intimately involved with this. And then this has, you know, transferred later to as an adult where you're, you know, be responsible, take care of your health, talk to your doctors. You know, the, you, we have to control our not only our legacy, but our health, but our well-being and our mental and physical well-being. And the Panthers, again, that was the foundation that that really brought me, um, you know, helped me overcome all the obstacles that would come later in life and to uh, and to really thrive as a human being. So many lessons that all of us still need and can continue to learn. APTP humbly says, you know, that we do our work standing on the shoulders of the Black Panther Party and all that they gave, sacrificed, and taught us. You can continue to learn about the Black Panther legacy, specifically the Black Panther Party Oakland Community School, its 50th anniversary, the first exhibit in the Black Panther Party Museum at the Dr. Um, Huey P. Newton Center on 14th and Broadway. One more time, Sister Frederica, what time does the event start and where can people get tickets? Um, the reception is from 7 to 10, and... Let me see, how do you get to the link? Um, tickets, oh gosh, Kat, um, just come, is all I can say. <laughs> you know, here, I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it right, I got it right here. Well, awesome. it says there's limited tickets, so I want people to, to get them in the RSVP. I, I will put the link inside of the archives of this show. Um, Cause you awesome. said it's on Ticket Source. It's on Ticket Source, y'all. Opening reception, each one, teach one. If you go to Ticket Source and search that, you will find the link to purchase uh, tickets for this very important reception. I will see you both on Saturday night. Thank you so much for coming awesome. on the show. Thank you so much, Kat. It was wonderful hearing you, Gregory. You too, Frederica. Thank you, Kat. Been... Love and peace. Thank you. Love and peace. We've been speaking to Sister Frederica Newton, co-founder of the Dr. Huey P. Newton Foundation, former Black Panther Party member and widow of Dr. Minister Huey P. Newton and Gregory Lewis, a former student and alumni of the Black Panther Party Oakland Community School, first exhibit in Oakland's brand new Black Panther Party Museum on 14th and Broadway. It starts at 7 o'clock p.m. You can go to Ticket Source and get your tickets. You've been listening to Law and Disorder, a podcast where we expose the cracks in our system, agitate for resistance, and collectively build a new world in which all of us can thrive. That's it for this episode, family. You can find more information about topics and guests in this episode's show notes. Law and Disorder is produced at KPFA. That's listener-supported radio on the Pacifica Network. The show is produced by Jesse Strauss and hosted by me, Kat Brooks. Our theme music was composed by Steve Raskin of Fort Knox Five. If you like what you heard, please follow us on social media at Law and Dis, that's D-I-S, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Feel free to holler at us about something you heard or send us a show idea at lawanddisorder at kpfa.org. You can also find our content live at 8 a.m. weekdays on KPFA. That's 94.1 FM in the Bay Area. Our show and all of KPFA's programs are funded exclusively by you, the listener. And if you're in a position to support us, please donate today. 
at kpfa.org. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. We all we got, fam.